This is Dr. Megan Golaski, and you're listening to Wild Healers, a podcast from sage, empowered, and passionate women bridging the gap in a polarized world of healing. Episode 14, Intuitive Healing with Holly Ramey. The wall has been built between Western medicine and alternative healing, and it's time to demolish it. If you're ready to see what could happen when we dare to explore uncharted territories of healing, then join your hosts, holistic physician Dr. Megan Golaski and certified professional midwife Sarah Rosser. You're listening to Wild Healers. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Megan Golaski, and this is my co-host. I'm Sarah Rosser. Hey, Sarah. We have a very special, awesome guest today on that we have met both separately and now together, which Mm -hmm. is just super special. And uh, we have Holly Ramey on, and she is an intuitive tarot reader, Reiki healer. What is it? 400 hour yoga? By now it's like a thousand, but. (laughs) Okay. I was going off of a way old. Anyway, guys, let's suffice it to say. Holly is a healer in many aspects, and and she has healed me personally. Sarah has had the honor of helping her through her birth of her beautiful baby, Ruby. And we are so blessed and lucky to have her on the podcast today. So welcome, Holly. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. So excited to be here. This is really exciting. I feel like most of our guests so far have either been connected to Meg or myself, and we both have this connection with you. We've both individually been on your podcast, Tara Talk, Mm -hmm. um, which if you guys haven't listened to yet, you need to go check it out. Um, And yeah, and and we've just like personally gotten to know you, me and you through childbirth, and you and Meg... I'll let you share that, Meg. <laughs> <laughs> Ollie's teaching me how to how to get into different parts of my spiritual healing that I have been wanting to access for a long time. And she's a wonderful leader and master. She's my master. <laughs> Never thought of it that way, but that's the truth. She is a Reiki master, and I am now Reiki one. Um, certified. So, um, yeah, this is very special. We've learned we've learned you separately and now together, Holly. And I think you're a very special person. I think that you are gifted and just a, a deeply knowing person. And we are really thankful to hear what you have to say today. Um. I want everybody to know that like Sarah and I wanted to delve into a lot more alternative healing practices when we set out to start Wild Healers. COVID threw us a little bit of a curveball and we haven't been able to do as much of that as we were originally planning to. So we've been looking forward to an episode like this for a really long time. We really have. And I I think that it's almost funny that Meg and I set these definitions early in the podcast, uh, Western and alternative healing, like what we would call what alternative healing, like, uh, shamanism and, 
and herbal healing. And these are all original medicine. Mm -hmm. Right. Not particularly alternative. Right. But as our culture would define them, (laughs) here we are calling it alternative healing. Holly, will you tell us, like, I always ask for like an elevator pitch, like Reiki. What, like, what even is it? Yeah. Okay. So Reiki is a system of energetic healing. And I think it's funny saying alternative or like new age, (laughs) because this is ancient, right? These are ancient practices, um, thousands of years old. Energy healing has existed in almost every spirituality and even religion. We see it in Christianity. Um, Reiki itself, though, is actually Japanese system of healing, but we see it in Tantra. Um, There's all kinds of, we see it in acupuncture, right? This is energetic healing as well. Um, So it's a system of energetic healing and Reiki is done with laying hands on or over the body. And it's an exchange of energy from what we call the universal energy field into the personal energy field. And while um, you can say that I'm a Reiki healer, I'm using air quotes. Uh, You guys can't see me, but I am. Um, (laughs) But what I really am is a Reiki practitioner. I'm a conduit for the energy. Um, So I'm not actually, the healing isn't coming from me. Um, I'm channeling it from the universal field into a a person's personal energy field. Um, And it's done through practice and intention. And for people who are like, I've never even heard of the word Reiki before. And they're like, I'm hearing you say words like universal energy and that kind of thing. Does, does it conflict at all with others, maybe religious views or where they may think that energy from God comes from? Um, does it, does it, are there boundaries there? Does it conflict in any way? I personally don't think that it conflicts. I think that um, many religions actually do have a system of hands-on healing um, and it may not be called Reiki, um, but it is through, again, prayer and intention and sometimes actually directly through um, laying on hands. Um, however, If you break down the word Reiki, um, it is it is just the system of um, of energy and universal energy. What I mean by that is the collective energy that just exists um, in the in the collective field. So, like, let's take for instance you use the word vibe or you use the word mood, right? And you're like, oh, I walked into this party and there was this, I didn't like the vibe, right? That's like the collective energy in the space. Like we're all privy to it. We're all in some way attuned to the collective energy. I think living now in 2020, there's no way that or I'm not going to say there's no way, but it's very rare for someone to say like, oh, I'm not affected by collective energy because we all feel the stress and the turmoil um, of what this year has brought to us. Um, 
And from seeing just like something as simple as like what's on the news feed, um, there's a specific energy that's being delivered through that. There's a specific way that it makes us feel. Um, and so when I say universal energy, this is what I'm speaking about. I'm speaking about um, this collective energy that we are all a part of. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think that's beautiful. I've had a lot of Christian friends to ask me that question. Does it conflict or like, where does the energy come from? And uh, I think it's fine if you would like to think of the energy as coming from God or what the Christian um, literature and tradition would call the Holy Spirit, where you're feeling that part of the Trinity of God, the Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit being the place that meets you internally there. And so, yeah, I think even though we may have different words that we use for this, that we can all certainly agree that it's the same, it's the same energy. And, um, um, and that if we're using that energy for good and we're opening our heart we're opening our heart chakra. We're opening our intentions to the greater good of all people and all things on this earth and beyond that we are talking about God. And so I totally agree that I don't see any conflict or rubbing against any religion. Um, same with um, the Buddha, I think would use the same kind of energies. Um, I think you had even mentioned, Holly, like in our Reiki attunement, Jesus laying on of hands. Mm -hmm. And like, we're not saying that like you're Jesus, okay? We're not saying you're Jesus and you're healing people by touching them. But but what? But that energy from God, the Father, from the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. um, I think that it's it's really neat that it can touch people in all different ways from all different walks of life and traditions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The the word Reiki, like it, it it means something about a higher power, right? Like or a higher healing energy. Yeah. So ray is light and ki is energy. So um you it's often referred to as the rainbow light. Um and the rainbow being associated with the um chakra system. Each chakra is associated with a specific color. Um, or they call it the rainbow bridge, kind of like the bridge um, between the personal energy field and the universal energy field. Um, but yes, it is, it is associated with this system of energetic healing. Um, like I said, that can be found in so many different like cultures and disciplines, but this one specifically is a Japanese system of, of energy healing. And when you do Reiki, or when you say, I want to know what it's like from a Reiki practitioner standpoint, what are you actually doing? And then what is the person who's receiving Reiki healing getting? Like, what are they doing? So I think it's a little bit different for everybody. Like there's nuance to the way that each practitioner approaches this, um, just like any doctor or he or any like 
healer has a past. So for me, my past is yoga. Um, and so <clears throat> for me, I look at the lens of the chakra system, which was taught to me in yoga, because this is also an energetic system. And the chakras are just like um, wheels of energy at specific points throughout the body. So when I'm doing a Reiki session, one of my specific goals is to balance these energy centers. But my overall goal is to promote wellness in whatever area it's needed. So sometimes that's physical, sometimes that's emotional, sometimes that's mental, sometimes that's spiritual. The goal is always to promote balance and well-being. And so my first goal is going to be um, to balance the nervous system. And so what I'll do is I'll set the person up in such a way that um, promotes uh, the parasympathetic nervous system to turn on. So I might use some aromatherapy. I might um, put a bolster underneath their thighs. I might play some music. I might um, guide them through some meditation or some visualization or some type of breath work, um, just depending on how they feel um, to get them into that state of relaxation so that they're in the rest and digest state when they feel a little more open and a little more grounded. And then from there, I work within their energy body to help balance the chakras, remove any blocks. Um, I'm also a tarot reader, so I pull some tarot cards for them if that feels um, applicable and they have some questions. Um, and then at the end of the session, I just give them a little guidance about what I did and a little bit of like spiritual homework, if you will, that may be some practical tips and tools that they can take home with them to keep feeling grounded and balanced in that way. Very cool. Okay. So tarot. <laughs> Say yeah. More. Tell us about tarot. What is tarot? I mean, are you a fortune teller or are you going to tell us our, <laughs> so, <laughs> tell us our whole future a whole when we're going to die? <laughs> what day am I going to die? Holly? There's a whole can of worms that we can open up with the tarot. A tarot is definitely an esoteric practice. Um, the thing about the tarot is there's no like specific origin. Many say that it was um, just like created as a playing card deck for like a royal family in France as a wedding gift. And others say that it was channeled by an Egyptian priestess. You know, we just don't know. Um but basically, the tarot is just a deck of 78 cards. Each card represents an archetype, something that we can embody. Each card has specific symbolism that is used to convey a certain message. There's two types of cards in the deck. There's the majors and the minors. The major arcana, the word arcane means what is hidden right? And so the tarot is meant to show us these parts of our egos, our psyches that are hidden, what's in the shadow, what we're not looking at, um, what's there, but maybe we're not putting our focus on it. And so the way that I utilize these cards is not necessarily for fortune telling. I'm not here to tell you what's going to happen in your future. Um, I'm not even really here to tell you what to do, um, but just to offer guidance clarity, a new perspective, um, or maybe something that's there that you just really haven't seen. It's been on the back burner. It's been in the un unconscious. 
for me, when I found the tarot, I was in my Reiki level two training, which is when you learn the symbols and the symbols are what helps you give Reiki at a distance. Um, symbols were, we see symbols everywhere. We see it right now a lot, just in like marketing and branding. Um, but symbols, like you mentioned earlier, the Holy Trinity, right? The triangle, mind, body, spirit, past, present, future, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, right? We see this Holy Trinity in so many religions. Um, we see this this uh, triangle. We see all of these different types of symbols. And the first time that I ever saw a tarot deck had a reading, there was just something in that symbolism that really spoke to me. I had no idea what the cards meant. I didn't know any of these archetypes, um, but the symbols specifically, there was almost like a recognition. I don't know where it came from, but it was very easy for me to pick up the cards and utilize them and read them. And within six months, I was doing it professionally. Um, and I really do believe that we all have some type of like ancient wisdom that we carry when we see things like this <clears throat> and that there are ways to speak to each other that like transcends language. And for me, that's what the cards offer. Um, insight that is beyond my ego. Um, and so when I utilize the cards, it's just to, especially in my healing sessions, help people find clarity around issues and maybe give me language um, that I may not otherwise have from my specific experiences um, in this lifetime. Awesome. I love tarot. I had a very similar experience with it where, well, what I was raised thinking, and I don't think anyone ever said this to me explicitly to try to drive me away from it or anything, but, you know, I have been recently told like, oh, that's just like being a seer or that's like being a prophesier, but without God or things like that. And when I got turned on to it, I honestly got turned on to it from our theme song, <laughs> Jake Wesley Rogers, shout out. Um, the guy who wrote, composed, and sings our theme song does tarot. And he was doing some readings on Instagram. And I was like, this is great. All we're doing is talking about the human condition. Mm -hmm. And these are just ways for us to be able to understand it better in ourselves and others. It's just a tool. It's not like, a, it's not anything crazy. It's not even that woo-woo, honestly. It's just like any other scripture or reading. It's not even as, I don't know what the word would be, holy as a scripture. Like it's not, like you said, it's not like a, a set of guidelines of like, do this, do this, do this. It's more of a, um, a symbol that turns on a recognition in your brain that leads you down a path of maybe a knowing that you wouldn't have gotten to without that symbol. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is so special that we can do that with each other that I was with you. Like, I picked up my first deck and... Um, one of the decks, I got two decks cause I got like the, 
I like to call it the Smith Waiter right deck because I don't because the woman who drew the picture should get credit. Um, she, you know, those pictures didn't resonate with me as much. So I got a different deck and immediately I had that same experience as you. Like I didn't have to read necessarily, especially for the major arcana. I didn't have to read specifically what they meant to, to have a knowing of the general feeling of what they meant. Um, and they were very special to me. And so for my friends who may think like that's just way outside of what I'm comfortable with, I would say like, well, you look at illustrations of other things or you look at a, a piece of artwork, like you would go to a museum and you would look at a piece of artwork that has a lot of symbolism in it, a lot of symbolism that you, whether consciously or subconsciously are taking in and you're making sense of that through your worldview and through the your past through your present through your future and I think that's just what tarot is and then when you have a guide especially a guide who is especially as intuitive as you are then it helps you maybe see that through a light or at least contemplate it in a way that you hadn't before um so I think everyone should try it. I don't, there's no harm in trying it or like seeing. And if you got a reading and you're like, I don't believe one word of what that person said, then that's fine. It's not going to hurt you, you know? Um, and I think I love hearing your tarot reads. And if everyone will stick around to the end, we will um, let you in on a treat because Holly did reads for me and Sarah and we recorded them and we will put them at the end of this podcast and you can hear like an alive on air mm -hmm. read. Yeah. Yeah. And for those of you who grew up like, you know, evangelical Christian like me and, and Meg, um, you know, you may have been taught that something like this was playing with fire. Um, I personally would encourage you to think of it as, um, like therapy and uh, someone asking good questions and letting you answer them thoroughly, which is kind of our motto for this podcast is ask good questions, listen thoroughly to the answers. Um, that That's how I have experienced tarot. Mm -hmm. Okay. I hate to like switch us back so quickly, but I have a, SPF, as I call it, a selfish personal forecast question. And that is, <laughs> how, so Reiki, back to Reiki a little bit. What, how, how could this serve birthing people? Mm. <clears throat> That's a great question. Um, I think definitely in the way that it can really serve anyone in that it really helps to um, bring our system into balance. It helps us guide us into relaxation, which is like a huge part of birth is being able to relax and let go. Um, and also Reiki can really bring you into the body. Um, and I would say that that's also a really good thing to be in when you're For sure. birthing. Um, For sure. And so, um, yeah, I think that there's lots of ways. It's just, it can be great for just like overall 
health and wellness and feeling good. But specifically if you're working with your birth, um, sending that like healing energy to yourself and to your baby and kind of feeling like you're held and supported, um, like, which is pretty much what you do, Sarah, right? Is like hold and support a person who's birthing. So for me, I, I see my role, um, in a very similar way is just like Mm -hmm. really the person is doing the healing, right? I'm, I'm helping to hold space for them to move through that. Um, but birth takes us deep into our womb, which is, is feminine and dark. And sometimes there's some stuff in there, right? The second chakra is associated with our matriarchal lineage, with our emotional world, with our self-worth, often our relationship to sex, intimacy, um, God, money, (laughs) like so many things, um, lives in the, in the second chakra and also our relationship to like our physical body and our sensuality and our desires. And so, um, birth can bring us deep into that theme and themes of inner child healing and things like that. So, um, Reiki can be a really nice way to support yourself. Um, because when you are a birthing person, you're also like transforming, um, into a mother. Um, and it can bring up a lot from our childhood and our relationship with our own mother, so many other things. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you work with postpartum birthing people a lot as well? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say like a lot, like as in it's been a focus. I think it's a great way to support yourself during that time again, because especially because, um, we often don't get a ton of support. Uh, we don't get sometimes a lot of time off work or our partner doesn't get a lot of time off of work. Um, and it can be really hard to sleep. Um, and just really hard to know what the fuck is going on. Like you're just so tired and you're so like new into this relationship with your child. And so, yeah, that can be a really great way to just, again, um, just give yourself some nourishment. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to, the, one of the last things I want to ask is, how can we incorporate these different healing modalities into our own personal lives, like for our own healing and then for our practices for healing others? It's like the more that I do this work, um, the less that I really focus on like the system (laughs) that I'm using like Reiki or tarot or yoga or any of that. Um, And the more I really think of it as just like holding space and embracing our, our divine feminine energy, which I think has been a little bit lost um, in the last, few hundred years of patriarchy and um, just a societal focus on capitalism and productivity and really defining our value by what we do um, and what we accomplish instead of like, just like what we innately are. 
Um, one thing that even just COVID I think has taught me and I think many people is just like how to slow down. Um, it's given me an opportunity to be more present and be more present with myself, be more present with my family. Um, and everything that I, I teach and the work that I do is just helping to guide people back into a state of like listening and receptivity um, and being able to sit in compassion and like in reverence for the parts of us that are hard to sit with, that are hard to feel. Um, and so, yeah, I think that really just learning that practice. And it really is a practice. It's not something that we just like sit down and know how to do. Um, it's something that we, we learn to do and it's like, it's intimacy, right? It's becoming more and more intimate with ourselves. Um, and all of ourselves, like our light and our shadow, um, the things that feel good and the things that feel not so good. Um, because I think the more that we can do that, the more that we can do it with the people around us and the, the actual earth. Like we're in relationship with everything. We're in relationship with each other. We're in relationship with this planet. We're in relationship with our politics, with our job, with our money, with everything. And so, yeah, um, just learning that presence and to hold that space and using all the, all the tools to do it. But that's the, the main goal. That's beautiful. It is. That's how I've experienced you in my life is um, that I was just feeling like I had to heal, heal, heal other people, give it all away, and like sacrifice everything of myself. And over the past six months as I've come back to myself, you have facilitated that healing and held that space for me. As have Sarah, as have you. Asking hard questions, giving hard challenges that say like, look at that mirror, hold it up to yourself. And how do you, you know, really turn into who, who you really are? like who you truly are and not just always push out to the outside. So that's awesome. I had one more question. This is from Nathan. This is from my husband. Um, I asked him if he had any questions because he's very, very different from me and you guys. He's an Enneagram five. So he's very, very practical and very methodical thinking. He would like to know, is there any science behind all of this? Hmm. <laughs> you, what's funny is Holly, um, that you already said it. 
you already talked about the parasympathetic nervous yeah. system and how you're activating yeah. that. I mean, there is science behind like, and now more than ever, there is science behind like meditation and breath work and a lot of the tools that I teach um, you're seeing being introduced in corporate programs and you're seeing Reiki practitioners going into hospitals more and more now um, for quite some time. Um, they've been used in like hospice situations. Um, but yes, there is science behind it. I, I'm not gonna quote any kind of like scientific papers or research. Cause I just, I know it works. I don't really need Come it. on. You don't have like a JAMA <laughs> article for don't us. <laughs> Meg and I, Meg and I are like obsessed with the placebo effect. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of folks hear that and they think, oh, fake pill mm -hmm. or whatever. And it's like, no, there is like scientific evidence behind this effect because of mind over matter, because energy works. And when you put something in your hand and your energy wills it to work mm -hmm. it works like and and that i mean that that we, we've got how many studies meg hundreds oh there's not thousands least, yeah there's 20 coming out a month on placebo effect mm -hmm. in the published literature right now so please please know i'm not calling reiki <laughs> placebo but all all this to say where our energy is also we are there like it isn't it isn't, um, it isn't woo-woo. Right. There's science for it. Placebo is just a name that we came up with in Western medicine for magic. That's all. <laughs> That's all. We felt like it needed a more scientific sounding name, I guess. But, you know, we love placebo. Placebo effect is my favorite thing. It's not bad. It, it got a bad connotation and it's not bad at all. It's perfect and it works and it, you know, it, and who, who cares why it works or how it works and why do we have to have so many lines between everything? Why do we have to be like this or this or this or this? Like we, I've said this so many times on this podcast, people who listen to all the episodes are like, Megan, come on. Like you've said it too many times, but like it's yes and mm -hmm. it's all yes and, and you know, Nathan asked me that question and I kind of just laughed internally because I was like, yeah, there's science behind it. I'm not going to do a whole podcast about that because that's very boring. But why do you need to know? Why do you have to know the science behind it? Science is our way of explaining God. It's not different things. It's all the same. That energy is all the same. And you can name it different things and you can call it different things based off of your tribe or your people group or where you grew up or how you came from. But it's all the one thing because we're all one. We all came from the same and we all are the same and our energy is intertwined. And um, there's nothing more that explains that to me than seeing it in real life and seeing it unfold in real life. Like it's just, you have to, it, I don't want to say you have to see it to believe it. That sounds really cliche, but like really give things a chance and open your mind. And 
Holly, you had said something in your bio on your website that I thought was so beautiful, which was she believes we can heal the world by healing ourselves. She believes we can heal the world by healing ourselves. And like sometimes we think that healing the world or healing ourselves means X, Y, Z, and it has to be a certain thing or has to be how we were taught. And if it's outside of how we were taught or how we understand, then it must be false or bad or wrong or evil. What I'm learning more and more is that it's all the same thing. And I'm happy to hear how other people's heal, other people experience healing how other people perform healing and practice healing. And you've opened that door for me, opened my mind in many, many ways. And I hope that it can keep opening other people's minds. We can find that commonality and that beauty in that, I think. Yeah, for sure. And I think it sounds individualistic, but it's really not, you know. Because it's about changing our relationship with ourselves, which helps us change our relationships with others. Um, and, and to me, like I, one of the biggest parts of my work is, is healing through community um, and not thinking that we have to do it alone or that we are alone um, in our struggle. Message of 2020. Mm-hmm. We're not alone in our struggle. Yeah. Go back to the Trilena episode on, on that topic mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what our whole, well, that's our whole web uh, website. That's what our whole podcast is about. Yeah. You don't have to feel like you're different and you don't have to feel like there's one way of doing things. You, you may not agree with everything that we're saying on here. Sarah and I don't agree on every single thing. Word. Uh, Holly and I might not agree on every single thing. It doesn't mean you cancel each other out and that you don't care for the other person. It means that we love that we're all different and we see that rainbow of colors to come together and bring it back to the chakra and see those rainbow colors coming together that are all very different and individualistic. But when they come together, they create that beautiful white light and my kids literally, I mean, kids teach you, man. Kids, bless you. <laughs> Bringing that levity to the conversation. But like kids teach you. My kid, my son taught me that today about rainbows. And we were teaching him how the rainbow colors come together and form this white light. And I was watching an old movie with my kids that I used to watch when I was little called We Sing in Sillyville. And it's exactly about that, that all the people groups are different colors and they didn't want to be together because their colors were different. They had to be in their own colors. But when they came together, it created that beautiful rainbow because they're all beautiful in their individuality. And that's what our podcast is about. And Holly just hits a home run on that. I'm really thankful for Mm-hmm. You lovely women mm-hmm. and you teaching me. Hey, if this podcast only came out to me, I'd be like, fine. I learned a lot and I feel great. <laughs> <laughs> me too. 
Holly, how do our listeners find you? Your podcast is Tarot Talk. Yeah, I have a podcast called Tarot Talk. I interview amazing women like you all. And I also give um, a a reading for each new and full moon. Um, I have a YouTube, a, a new YouTube channel called Tarot Talk TV. Um, and me and my co co-host Massey uh, get together and talk about each um, astrological season and the tarot cards that are associated with it. And we talk about some um, celebrities or people who are um, famous. So we're coming out with the the Libra one next, and we're going to look at Bernie and AOC. Um, and you can always just find me on my website, hollydramey.com. So it's got my middle initial in there. Um, and you could book a one-on-one appointments with me there or follow me at the same handle on Instagram. And yeah. Uh, Holly D. Ramey, R-A-M-E-Y. We will link all of that in the show notes. We will drive all the traffic to Holly. Please go to her for all of your spiritual needs, mm-hmm. <laughs> as I have. I love it. <laughs> Thank you, Holly. Thank you, guys. Honored to be here. Thank you so much, Holly. Thank you. Who do you want to go first? Or Sarah, do you want me to go okay. first? Okay, let, I'm going to say Megan because I okay. see you on the top of the screen. <laughs> there you go. All right. <laughs> Cards are all shuffled. Usually you would cut them, but since that's not happening, just imagine sending your energy into the cards. Let's close our eyes, take a few deep breaths. If you have an intention for this reading, you can bring that to your mind. Relax your jaw, your tongue, your throat. And as I tune into your energy, I'm going to ask that this reading be channeled and interpreted for your highest and best good. Take one more long breath. Okay. I'm going to start with three cards. I'm using two decks today. One is the Wild Unknown. This is a traditional tarot deck, 78 cards. The other is an Oracle deck. It's a little bit different. Um, Different phrases. They work well together. They speak well together. So we're going to pull three cards for you, one in past, one in present, and one in future. Okay, so the first card I'm pulling is death. This is a card from your past. The second card I'm pulling is the empress. This is a card for your present. And the third card I'm pulling is the six of swords. If you can see it, the light's a little weird, but there's a rainbow with the swords underneath, okay? So you have two majors and one minor. Majors are our soul lessons. Minors are our easy lessons. I'm gonna pull a few uh, oracle cards to go with it. Love them. Um, Okay, so death with break the cycle in your past 
is interesting. And you were, you were mentioning your work, right? And it was like, almost this, this reminds me of, um, these two cards are really similar, right? Death is the end of something. It's, it's when we come to a close. Um, and what, has died, what is ending is a karmic cycle, right? You can see this is the strands of DNA. And I usually pull break the cycle and death often when we are contracted here in this life to end some kind of ancestral karma, um, something that was passed on to us throughout our lineage that is no longer relevant. Um, and when we do that, we get the opportunity to heal, not only for us, but for seven generations back, seven generations forward, if not more. Um, and so I'm seeing that like whatever work you were doing in the past, um, it was meant to to break some kind of cycle. So how does that resonate with you? I think that's really important because... We're doing this right at the junction of where I'm leaving Western medicine for a time. And I was the only one in my family to do to do that path. That wasn't something that's in my family at all. Um, but I felt really called to it because I had really wanted to help people and heal people. And that's the only way I knew how I didn't have anybody telling me how else to do it or other ideas of how to do it. And so I kind of set out on that path, you know, mm -hmm. I was 19 when I started it. And, um, I held a lot of resentment for following that path for a long time because it took so long and was so difficult. And I'm learning how to let go of that path right now. Mm. Um, so I think that that's really, I mean, I think that that's perfect to say that like I'm right at this juncture and to say like that past was, I mean, certainly was there for a reason, certainly broke some cycles of, you know, familial things that I think needed to be broken and I needed to find my own path that was different from my family's mm -hmm. to heal come from a long line of, of preachers and I know they want to heal, but that's in a really different way than I wanted to heal at that time. And, um, but now, yeah, I think that's perfect for the past card. I mean, yeah. what could be more perfect for that? That really resonates. With yeah. And it's over. <laughs> and, it's, and it's dead. It's broken. <laughs> it's done. Let's move forward. Yes. And so what I really love is I pulled one more card there and I, I pulled the Knight of Wands and it's, it's double fire. I, um, I see the Knights as fire and the Wands as fire and it's this extremely masculine energy. And the thing with the Knight of Wands is like he moves quickly, impulsively, instinctually, but it's always through action. Um, and it's a very masculine way of doing things. And the energy that I see you now in is the Empress, which is divine feminine energy on the earth plane. And so I love this for your presence because you are just about to create something new. And like what she represents is fertility. 
And I often see this card when someone's either like actually pregnant um, physically or pregnant with like an idea or a new project or they're about to birth something into the world. Um, and she's a really beautiful healer. Um, she can connect with earth energy. She can connect with nature. She's ruled by the moon. So she's reflective. She is receptive. Um, she is um, able to sit in the dark. Uh, and actually draw wisdom from that deep, dark place of the womb um, where we really create unconsciously, you know? It doesn't take this like conscious, focused effort to create when in this state. It is her natural state. Um, I'm pulling that with this card that's blank. It's, it's invisibility mode. Invisibility mode is also a very feminine card in that it it's a kind of state that we go into, um, in protection and healing. We kind of like make ourselves invisible, almost put like a nice boundary around ourselves in order to go into a healing state, which, um, knowing that you just did a 21 day, you know, like Reiki attunement, um, you know, that very much is like a time of invisibility mode when you can just like really connect inward and use that time to move through some um, advanced healing. So how does that resonate with you? Uh, when you pulled Empress, I was like, well, firstly, I got Empress pulled for me once today already by somebody who's learning tarot, which is crazy that it got pulled for me twice today. Um, I have PCOS, so I don't bleed often. And I have only had two periods since my daughter was born. She's three and a little bit more than three. And the last one was on the full blood moon. And the um, this one started the night that we did the equinox ceremony. Mm. So I have felt like a little bit connected for the first time to my womb because previously it was just so all over the place. And I've said so many times that I don't cycle because I don't have that full moon and new moon cycle that we see with women. But this year, having that first bleed on the blood moon and then this bleed on the equinox were really significant to me. Mm. And so that feminine energy means a lot to me now as I'm finding myself. And the other night when we had the equinox ceremony, I actually sent healing energy. And as you gave Reiki, I tried to channel it to the ovaries and uterus so that that could have healing energy to it so that I could embrace my feminine. I think that when we think about Western medicine, it is a very masculine energy because it was created under a masculine patriarchal culture and it was very left-brained and very factual and very scientific, which I kind of associate with masculine energy. And so to see that part die and then to move into that creative, intuitive healing energy like fits right to where I am now. And I even, I had a vision the other day about 
the la- the next six months being like a hermetic phase for myself specifically, but then for like uh, the world as a whole. Mm-hmm. And so I think that invisibility oracle is like right on the money with that. I mean, it's just, we're going to keep going inward and I think we're going to stay inward through the winter this year. Um, and so I love, I love that. That was when you pulled Empress for the second time, I told you I was going to cry and I cried. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love also what I see in future because, um, it's the six of, of swords and sixes do, um, represent balance in the tarot. Uh, the sixes come underneath the, the major element of the lovers. And so it's this balance between give and receive. Um, and, and I'm also thinking about the balance, right. Of like leaning far into the masculine and then far into the feminine and coming out on the other side with this balance between the two. Because neither one is right or wrong, right? Or good or bad. They're both beautiful and divine um, when in balance with each other. And they both feed each other, right? Um, And there is a bit of um, association with the Six of Swords, not only in that we're moving from a darker place into the light, right? The light at the end of the tunnel. We're moving from often um, old thoughts and beliefs into new systems, Um, but there's this element of travel with the six of wands. Sometimes it's just mentally and sometimes there's an actual physical travel. And the card that I'm pulling with it is the farm, which actually I thought of you, Sarah. It's <laughs> crazy. Right? Cause it even looks like, I wish these lights weren't so bright. Um, even looks like the farm. Um, and in the deck, you know, the farm is, is a home away from home. It's a place that we go for healing. Um, and so maybe this is what you create. Yeah. For you, for your family, for your community. Um, but something like this, uh, some kind of healing space. Yeah, that's amazing. We've been really struggling with what to do with ourselves physically, like my family. And well, Sarah knows, but you don't know this, but we, the way Sarah and I even met was through what we call our farmily, Hmm. which is our friends who have farms down south of Nashville. And we all meet there. And that's how I met Sarah. And then I found out she was from the farm and then I almost lost my cool (laughs) because I was, I'm like obsessed with the farm. But, um, so we've been really wondering, like, even with our house, our heat went out, our heater went out this week and we had to buy a new unit. And we were like, is this the time to like, go ahead and move on? Um, totally with that balance, trying to learn where I learned, you know, where I took, like I had said, that circumferential path around, like, why couldn't I have just skipped 15 years of dedicating my life to one practice when I feel like it wasn't a hundred percent in alignment with who I am. And for a while I wanted to throw it all away, but I'm learning to not throw it all away and to balance it with what I know now and with my deeper spiritual self and my deeper knowing. Um, and then, yeah, we're definitely in a phase of like, physically do we move and if we move it would be to a farm I mean it would be to land and um or the ocean one or the other 
because I am a water, 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 water sign. Um, or that family, that family that is is there for us through this crazy time has been has been our family. So I love that. I love that whole interpretation, and that's beautiful. Yeah, it gives me encouragement for. Yeah. It gives me a lot of encouragement. You're definitely moving to some kind of farm, whether it's physical (laughs) or metaphorical, it's there for you. I also want to note that you keep saying like, I took the circum, circle, what is the word? Circumferential. Like around. Yeah. Like the roundabout way. Roundabout way. Yeah. But like, my tarot course is called the sacred wheel, right? It's the it's a spiral of life, death, and rebirth. Oh, yeah. That's what we say in the tarot that we go through this this cycle, like the seasons of life, death, and rebirth. And um, <clears throat> I was describing the there's a a card called the wheel of fortune, but like I'm like we don't actually move like this. Healing is like this. It's a spiral. It's not linear. It moves kind of inward. Right. And so we might hit parallel points on the spiral where we feel like we've um, visited this before this lesson, but it's we're, we're always just moving deeper and deeper into it. So like, you know, with this cycle, this break, the cycle, you know, you see the DNA here on the card. It's like you were always moving in the right direction, even though it felt roundabout. Yeah, that's that's magical. That's magical. I I um. I had not thought about healing myself until Sarah told me to. And I wish I could go back to that episode and find, but Sarah had written a poem that she ended up telling me was for me about healing myself. And it hadn't even ever occurred to me. It had always been put the energy out, heal everybody else, keep everyone else safe and afloat. And then I was just sinking and sinking and sinking. And then I hit rock bottom a couple months ago and it was just like in my face brought to my attention like this is what is going to happen if you don't let yourself heal first. And so that was right before the Reiki attunement. Mm. And then we did the Reiki attunement and like that just changed my whole outlook and I mean, I did a Reiki session on myself before this just to bring myself back there. And not only does it help with my physical pain, but it it, it really, really um, has been healing on an emotional level. So this is, to me, like the icing on the cake yeah. <laughs> for all of that. So yeah. thank you. Yeah. That was awesome. You're welcome. So awesome. That was exciting. Put on I your hazmat know. suit, bitch. You're coming to the farm. I, know. I, know. I was like, oh, Jesus. The I saw the farm and I was like, is this the farm? What farm? <laughs> Whose farm? So Are real. we all going to the farm? Let's go. <laughs> the farm right now? I would I not be opposed. I mean, I'm going to convince fine. Deborah to let me come. You can come. You, okay. I can get you in. <laughs> Especially after it's been two weeks after I've been around the sickies. Oh, that's for sure. That's a nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a nice change. Yeah, we had, yeah. 
we had our first in-person peer review the other day, which was a huge deal. Oh, interesting. We were all outside. Uh-huh. We stayed masked and we sat far apart and it was fantastic. See everybody's faces at the same time. Oh, nice. That's wonderful. I'm so happy. It was so good. You guys sounded so beautiful during that. I feel like Holly's going to be like, and here's your body card, Sarah. And I'm be like, that sounds about right. I'm a little bit hungry right now. <laughs> you know I, I keep telling you, no, I keep telling Holly, I keep telling Sarah she is more intuitive than she knows. She she oh, yeah. is, and then she doesn't believe it. And I, I that. Holly, it's fair that you know. Nathan, you just leave this in the recording, honey. It's fair fair that you know that I I am a a bit dense emotionally. A bit what? Dense. Dense. Okay. Emotionally. Okay. I don't actually believe that, but. Okay. (laughs) She's on my team. She's on my team. You were at my birth. Like. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. No, I can get there. I can get there with other folks. It's myself that I am unwilling to be. Yeah, that's what we all are, though. Like people ask me all the time about like reading tarot for themselves, and I'm like, you're you're gonna be your hardest client. Like, it's just we have an ego. We can't like just like put it to the side to become this like objective reader for ourselves. Like, you're always gonna assume the worst. (laughs) Oh yes. Yes. Was that you, Holly, who had told me, like, that's, like, when you're, like, reading for your partner and then you're, like, you need to be away from your mom. <laughs> you need to be away from your mom more. That- <laughs> I just remembered that. That's awesome. Uh, like, that's well. perfect. <laughs> that's perfect. Oh, okay, I'm going to shut my mouth. I'm going to mute myself. You all do <laughs> <laughs> Listen, sometimes oh they work to your advantage. A hundred percent. Okay. <laughs> Sarah, there's no right or wrong, and there's no like perfect way to be during this. You don't have to be like doing it right. Okay, that's my last word. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you ready? Let's take a few breaths together. Relax the jaw, the eyes, the brow. Feel your back body. Relax the squinting muscles. If you have an intention, you can bring that to your mind. And I'm going to ask that this reading be channeled and interpreted for your highest and best good. One more breath in and out. Okay. I'm going to start with three cards. Um, And the spread is going to be mind, body, spirit. Mind is our consciousness, body is our unconscious, and spirit is our higher conscious. Okay, so I love that you 
said that you were emotionally dense because I pulled the moon, <laughs> which is like the deepest, darkest, most feminine card. Um, similar to the Empress, right? In Megan's debt or in Megan's reading. Um, but the moon is kind of like a more when we look at the Empress, we look at the earth plane. When we look at the moon, we we look at more of the um overall theme of what feminine energy is. And this is a major arcana card pulling here. So it's going to flavor the rest of the reading. Um, so I would say pulling this in the unconscious, you're going to see um, themes right now of looking at shadow, of also um, being maybe quite uh, creative, right? With our feminine energy. Um and possibly moving through some sort of cycle or phase, because that's what the the moon really teaches us, is how to continue to change. Um, in mind or consciousness, I'm pulling the Seven of Wands, which is a card about um, illumination. It's really, um, you can see like a bright light that's illuminating these wands that were here in the dark before. So we come into the Seven, we're often seeing things that were there, but we didn't see them. And now they're being shown to us in some way. It's kind of like a veil being lifted. With this card, we might feel a bit defensive um and like we we need to protect ourselves or our loved ones um and it, it may ask us at times to do that um either by like standing up and actually vocalizing our boundaries um or like really putting forth our authority um or by just detoxing external pressures that really aren't serving you so let's start here. Tell me a little bit about this seven. Um, has this energy been on your mind? Yes. Um, this is so interesting. I mean, before we even got on this call, I was um, setting boundaries for people in my family with a, like an aggressive nature. Mm. And my husband was like, oh, but where are yours? Like, you know, you, you're not, you're, you're, you're in, in these boundaries being like, you know, letting people run over you essentially, you know, like I, I see that in other people and I'm like, oh, you can't, you can't take advantage of my people, but I will allow that for myself so often. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that, that is really what came to me when you said that. So I just pulled a few Oracle cards to go with these as well. The card that I'm pulling with the seven of wands is money, 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 bitch. So here we are. Um, and I'm wondering if this is in regards to, well, it is somehow in regards to money, but money is a material resource. So it doesn't necessarily have to be like cash money, but it mm -hmm. could be some material resources um, that are at your disposal, um, it could be setting boundaries around money and the way that you make it and the way that you spend it. So it could be setting boundaries with your own spending, setting boundaries with other people's spending, or it may be that you actually need to um, ask for more. Does that make sense in any kind of way? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. So... <clears throat> 
this is something that's coming up like for illumination, right? For to see the ways in which um, you get to kind of take authority over this energy um, and decide like what you want to keep and what's not really serving you where you are actually feeling like there's a good exchange for your mm -hmm. energy and where there isn't. Um, with the moon in unconscious, again, this is very much like a time to look at shadow. So some of the shadow work, right? The seven is illuminating what was in the shadow mm -hmm. around our relationship to money. Mm -hmm. Money is just energy, right? It kind of has the same energy as love, right? Like it's just like this abundant, are we in abundance or are we in sc scarcity? Are we operating from a sense of like having enough or are we operating from a sense of fear? What I'm pulling with this is the rhythms of fate and the tickings of time, um, which kind of reminds us that whatever actions we take now will be like the manifestation will happen within the rhythms of fate and the ticking of time. Um, and so it asks us a little bit to like put our own ego driven will aside and have a little bit of trust, have a little bit of faith in like what I'm going to say is like the change and transformation that's happening right now. Um, because it may feel like you want to control it, which is where that seven may come in, where we step in with our aggression. Um, <clears throat> and the moon is kind of like, but, and yet, <laughs> like things will always work out within the right timing. Um, and so I think this is a little bit of like surrender and flow. And then in the higher consciousness or spirit position, I'm pulling the six of cups. You can see there's this tree and it has really beautiful, colorful roots. Um, and this is a card about nostalgia. It's a card about looking back at our roots um, and finding some kind of healing or wisdom there. I often equate this card with inner child healing, um, with going back to the past to recover some part of ourselves. And what I'm pulling it with is a card that's called, this is not a dream, um, but it's time to wake up, right? And so this card really asks us to ground down back into the present, back into what's tangible. And, um, you know, this is not a dream can often be about a little bit of disassociation from past traumas, the way in which we can leave our own body, um, because we're not comfortable in it in that moment. Um, we could do this anytime. We can do this in the middle of a conversation with our partner, right? Because they're like talking and we haven't set the boundary and we honestly can't take in what they're saying. And so instead of stopping and setting that boundary and saying like, hey, <clears throat> I'm not in the timer space or mindset to be able to hold this. What we do is we shoot up out of our body so that they can keep talking and we can physically be there, but like mentally and emotionally, we're somewhere else. Um, and so this may not be an exact situation, but um, something like this, right? Something like this, um, looking at your past and ways in which you may have developed this skill. And I'm going to call it a skill because it actually is. It is something that we did as a child in order to protect ourselves, in order to get through something that maybe we weren't ready for, or maybe that overwhelmed us. Um, and now is the time to go back to that inner child and be like, thank you. But now 
like you're safe to stay because I'll take care of you because I'll set that boundary, right? Um, so it's actually pretty deep. Yeah. Yeah. How does that resonate? Yeah, like when you when you speak about uh, you know you and I connected on being and both being Enneagram eights, like the skill as a child that I feel like I developed was to be needed by being useful, you know, to make, to make myself useful Mm -hmm. and that here and now in the, in the boundaries that I need to set for myself is that I don't have to be useful to everyone. And I, I don't have to provide whatever that useful service is without an energy exchange. Mm -hmm. And that's a phrase I feel like I've heard you use before Holly energy exchange instead of always creating it to be monetary, but Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that was really beautiful. (laughs) It's like such a, ah, lovely. Any questions you have? Anything you want to ask about that? Or does that sit well with you? It sits very well with me. I probably should have some questions. I'll text you later. All right. Holly, thank you so much. I'm so glad that I wasn't like, yeah, I think that card means that I'm hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Of course you pull like the deepest reader. (laughs) Yeah. I've been thinking those things about Sarah lately, which Mm. is what's really crazy. Like what? I've been... I've been thinking about how your childhood may have shaped who you are, you know, because I only know like bits and pieces of your childhood. Mm -hmm. And I've just been thinking about how the pieces that I don't know with the pieces that I do know must shape your the way that you both feel the world and the way that you feel that you are called to be in the world. Mm -hmm. I've just been like really thinking about that for you lately, which is so when she pulled those deeper cards and like when you were saying like, you know, how you, how you showed up for yourself, how you show up for other people, um, That's exactly what I've been thinking about, Sarah. You know, because sometimes like when you're an eight on the Enneagram, then people conflate that into like, you're a warrior and, you know, you must always be serving others and you must always be helping the underdog and doing this and this and you must not have emotion. Or, 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 And then sometimes I think like, do you even internalize that and think like, I'm not very emotional because I'm this. And then I'm like, I'm just always wondering like at the very root, like in the very deepest part, like you are emotional and you are deep and you are loving. You just express those things through something that may look like stronger action or Mm-hmm. you know, those things or, or, mm-hmm. or stronger boundaries or stronger walls or, or, you know, and so that's, I loved that Holly, I loved that you pulled those for her because she knows those things deeply. 
And I resonate with that idea of like, as an eight, like finding value through service through Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to go ahead and be the motherfucking best at this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that way people will see me and value me. And I, I had to do this exercise for a book that I'm reading where it was like, um, you write down like a hundred things that you like, a hundred things that you want, a hundred goals that you have and a hundred achievements and writing down my wants and what I like to do was so difficult and confronting. But writing down my hundred achievements, I was like, freaking breeze through that shit. I was like, I aced this magna cum laude, fucking like <laughs> salesperson in my first job. Like, so many achievements, but it's so difficult to list my wants, my desires. Mm. Yeah. Shit. That's pretty. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I'm like, feel all the things, be crazy. Be ca- I'm a four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know Enneagram very well. So what's the four? A four is the creative, hopeless, romantic, mm-hmm. uh, individualist. Yeah. So very on the touchy feely side. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I'm like very the op- very different from an eight, very very different from an eight. I love hearing you guys talk about it. I love that you guys you have like these careers that are like opposite your number. Like oh, yes, <laughs> oh yes, yeah. That's the whole reason why we made the podcast. That's a lot of why we're here. It's because I'm like practical midwifery and. And Meg is like, you know, mystical physician. And it's like, (laughs) yes, we were like, perfect. (laughs) You know, something interesting that happened yesterday that I feel like is, is significant to that reading is that my dad, who is also an Enneagram eight and has, is active service, like goal oriented to the core um, I bought a car yesterday and he, I was messaging with him about it. And one of the things he had told me to do was make sure and take it to a mechanic before you purchase it. And, um, after I purchased it, he, um, he said, did you take it to the mechanic? And I said, no, I did not. And he said, but that's okay. Because if you felt good about it, it's okay. And I was like, are you shitting me right now? Like, I've never heard you say anything like that before. But it's like, I'm not the only one coming into my feelings, apparently. You know? <laughs> 2020. Hey, go inward. That's great. Wow. We, I'm proud of your dad. That's wonderful. Oh, he's, he's something to be proud of. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode. We'd love to have you follow us on Instagram at wild.healers. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and leave us a review. Thank you and be well.
Recorded and mixed by Nathan Galaski. Art and design by Sarah Gillum and Gabe Rosser. Theme song composed and performed by Jake Wesley Rogers. Thank you for listening to Hawaiian Hears.